The continuing committee is currently looking for first edition, second edition, and triples playtesters to join our playtesting teams. If you're interested in applying, you just need to be part of a playgroup that can get together two to three times a month and have someone with regular forum access that can post your results. If you're interested in applying, check out our volunteer page at trekcc.org slash volunteer. Authorization required. Captain's log. The impossible has happened. Somewhere along this journey, we'll find a way back. Enter authorization code. We might have just discovered the first stable wormhole known to exist. Our mission is to go forward. And it's just begun. There's still much to do. Still so much to learn. Security authorization accepted. Command codes verified. Transfer complete. You're listening to An Hour with the Continuing Committee with your host, Charlie Plain. Could you state your name and forum handle for the record, please? Oh, yeah. I'm Chris Lobin, and I'm Mailwise Online. Welcome back to the show, Chris. Yeah, good to be back. Yeah, so uh, Chris was one of my earlier guests on episode 9, which I will link in the notes when we put this up, but it's been a long time since we've talked to Chris, and and a lot of interesting things have happened since then, and wanted to to catch up with you, so how are things going in your neck of the woods? Oh, great. Excellent. Um, Well, the, the big feature that just got finished uh, was where's that picture from so that was an old series that someone used to do right yeah that was uh, Siskoid on the old Decipher forums uh, every time an expansion came out he would go through and, and catalog where every image in the expansion came from uh, he did it through I don't remember when he started he started late in 1E, I think, and had a lot of catch-up to do um, and to, through the end of 1E. And only for the first, I think, three expansions of 2E. Uh, and then he sort of went away from the game and got overwhelmed by all the other projects he was doing. Um, he was well-known for an overwhelming number of projects. Um, so he just sort of left it. But he, he left the archive up on his website. And so that was sort of where we started from. Now, was he was he involved in this new project at all, or was this just something that was done? Uh, no, um, I, I, I've been in touch with him uh, over the last couple of years about a variety of other things, some related to Star Trek, some not. Um, but but no, he wasn't involved in this. Um, well, not directly involved in it. I guess he was involved in it in that, as a starting point, I imported most of the work that he'd done into the database to avoid repeating the same work. Um, so he, he certainly contributed to it, but he was not directly involved in the project. So what made you want to revive this project and and convert it to sort of modern technology with our database? Um, I think it's something that I wanted... Uh, it's been sort of on the edge of my mind for a few years. Um, I think the big kicker that sort of got me... 
that's what gave me the incentive to actually push it forward was when we uh, started up the creative teams, which Mm -hmm. tells you how long this has been in development, because I think it was fairly shortly after we hired the creative managers and put together the creative teams that I started working, like I I got the the tools, the back end of this all put together, and then immediately recruited the newly formed creative teams to help me start cataloging cards. Um, And that was obviously a long process because there's a lot of card images that have to, had to be manually gone through. Yeah, I mean, there's almost 5,000 cards between the three games, I think, at this point, if not more. Oh, I'm sure there's at least that, yeah. Yeah, and that's that's probably not even factoring in all the alternate images and different variants on everything. So exactly. So this has obviously been something that's been been working on for for over a year. I'm not. I don't remember. I think offhand. it's been about a year, probably. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's been a huge project. Um, what what kind of challenges did you run into during the development, other than just you know the time involved and the scale? Uh, yeah, it was mostly just the scale of it. Um, so I fairly quickly got a little tool put together um, uh, in the back end there that would allow basically any volunteer that I sent the link to uh, could pick their series of choice um, or unsorted, being any card that hasn't been assigned to a series yet, um, and then it would show them a page with five pictures, images of five cards from that that series. Uh, and a drop-down box with the names of every single episode in the series. And so they would uh, kind of look through, see what they can recognize, see what they can place, place them, hit submit, it saves those, and then gives them five new random cards. Um, and they just do that as many times as it takes. And, uh, yeah, so, so I, said, I sent it initially to the creative teams, and then I sent it to the art team, uh, see if they wanted to help out. And uh, I had a few other miscellaneous volunteers that had expressed interest, just general interest, that they were looking for ways to help out and didn't have any specific skills and wondered if there was anything they could do. Uh, so I sent them the links, and then that sort of gradually went for nine months or however long this the project was in development. Uh, and then... Uh, I think it was just a month ago, I sort of remembered about it, like I'd been checking it occasionally, but it sort of fallen to the back of my consciousness for a while, and then I went and looked, and we were down to, I think, less than 20 cards outstanding in original series, TNG, um, I don't remember... Uh, the movies, I think, were almost done. Animated series was almost done. Um, but we had, like, 700 cards in DS9, 700 cards in Voyager, and a couple hundred cards in Enterprise that still hadn't been seated yet. Um, so at that point, I put out the public call uh, on the forums just to see who else I could get that was interested outside of those teams. And I was actually really surprised by the the response I got. I figured maybe I could get one or two people. I'd advertised in the the volunteer posting, I think, that it'll be, you know, four or five hours over the next couple weeks type thing. Um, 
I don't actually know how much time was put into it, but I ended up within 24 hours, I had like eight people had volunteered and said, you know, I, I know everything about DS9. I know everything about Voyager, which were the two I put the emphasis on, obviously. Um, yeah, so, and they started tearing through it, and it was only a couple days later that every series was down to less than 25 um, pictures outstanding, and so I decided at that point to put it public. So, so that's that's awesome. So, kudos to to you and all the volunteers that that worked on that. How, how, about how many cards do we have now where we haven't been able to place them? Do, do you know? Uh, I don't know offhand, but if you give me ten seconds, uh, right now there are two from the original series, twelve from DS9, four from Voyager, twenty-six from Enterprise, and one from other sources, which is CGI and things like that. So less than fifty. Less than fifty altogether, yeah. Looks like yeah, forty-five. That's that's pretty amazing, and some of those are probably prop shots or random things that you know were never yeah. on screen. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, the, the, there is a separate category for prop shots, but it's harder to place them there because with the other images, you know, once you find a screen cap, you can prove this is the episode it came from. With yeah. the prop shot, you have to prove. By exclusion, it's a lot harder to prove that there is no episode that this came from than there is to prove that this is the episode it came from. So, those we have to be more wary of. But so, what if people wanted to check this out? Is it is it linked from the front page, or what's the, what's the URL for this page where they can look at all the stuff? Uh, it's trekcc.org/slash. Where from, I think. Uh, if you go to the site index, though, there's a link in there. If you go to any of the card databases, um, so if you just go trekcc.org slash 1E, um, or click on a data uh, expansion link on the front page or anywhere like that, at the top of the page, you should see a link to where's that picture from, up next to their card lists, search, affiliation, headquarters, all the, all that stuff is all at the top of the page. Just Excellent. The edition banner. Yeah, and and I I'm pretty sure it's it's linked on the database now, right? So when you pull up an actual card, it tells yeah. you what episode it's from. Thing, if you go into any card in the database in any of the three databases, it should say at the bottom of it the image source, um, the series and episode. And if you click on that, it'll jump you straight to that series, that episode, and you can see what other cards also came from the same episode. That is just, it's amazing to me. And uh, I can't wait to see people start building, you know, episode theme decks. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard a few people mention that kind of thing and some speculation that there might be an achievement for that coming. But uh, we'll see. Absolutely. So now that we have this, what, I mean, obviously, what can we do with it? And And you mentioned achievements, and that's, Certainly, that's that's more you know rogues department, but that certainly seems like something that we could do. But what, what other options does this open up for us? Uh, well, mainly it was just something to do out of curiosity because people seem to be enjoying going through looking. Um, obviously, achievements is one option. Uh, the other place that is helpful is for the creative teams themselves, which is why I you know roped them into helping me right at the beginning. Um, so if they're they have a, a new card that's being developed, and they say, you know, I really want to use a picture of this random Borg drone from this episode um, instead of looking through all of the Borg drones that we have ever made to make sure we haven't already used that image. 
they can jump straight to that episode, see which Borg drones came from that episode, and just check those. It makes it a lot easier to avoid any duplication. Yeah, I know that's happened at least once in, in second edition, and there's two drones that have the same picture, or almost yeah, exactly. the same picture. It's, I think one zoomed in slightly into the left, but yeah. So, yeah, that's um, that's pretty pretty neat, and I'm looking forward to, to having access to that and, and doing fun things with it. Um, I smell a chairman's challenge coming that's <laughs> tied to this. Yeah, yeah, that's another option, certainly. Uh, so let's say that I'm browsing through the card lists and I see I see an image and I recognize it and what what the database says is, isn't right. How would I report that? What would I do? Uh, well, I I've been working on a uh, a second edition card data, database editing tool. Um, there is one already for first edition. Has been in a while, but or has been for a while. But in second edition, the database, uh, it took me longer to build, basically, the, the tool for it. So uh, for now, you can just send me a private message on the boards. Uh, I think there's a thread somebody started about it that some people had started reporting things on. and So I've been trying to keep an eye on that and update things, um, especially when people can post with proof, because um, I, obviously I didn't validate every single image myself originally, uh, but somebody did, and I don't know what evidence they used, what criteria they used to place it. Mm -hmm. So before I override that, I'd like to know that whatever evidence you have is stronger than whatever evidence they may have had. Um, so I've seen some this one thread, I saw some people start posting screen captures saying, here's the card image, here's a screen capture, you know, linked to TrekCore or uh, if they have the DVDs themselves, um, showing this is definitely the episode this came from, and then, you know, that's fantastic. I'll go ahead and move it. Not a problem. Yeah, that's great. You know, that's that's one of the nice things about your community is they're such they're very passionate and uh, driven and, and know the material well. So, oh, exactly. you know, we, we've had that thread up for a long time to report, you know, typos and, and mistakes on the database. And every time somebody catches something, it just gets a little better and a little better. Exactly. Yeah, I still, well, like I said, it's the 1E um, database. There's a, an, an edit button right on the cards. And any changes people make there don't go through immediately because um, I don't want some random person coming and completely destroying your database, obviously. Uh, they have to get vetted by me first. So when you go and make a change there, it bounces to me and says, this person wants to change this on the card and then I just click approve if it looks reasonable um, but I still even I think yesterday had one come through somebody just fixed a typo in the lore on somewhere in whatever the card was um, maybe that was just this morning even um, but yeah I, I still you know this is obviously it's not perfect but you know every couple of days if I get something like that we're getting closer and closer so it does, certainly doesn't hurt no not at all Cool. Well, um, we did another big project at the beginning of the year uh, and, and in the tail end of last year, which was the new raffle system. Um, yes. That is is really cool, and I'm really looking forward to seeing it in action. Uh, what kind of, I mean, how, how much work was that for you, and what type of things went into making that decision? 
Uh, well, I think the the raffle system has been something we've wanted to do uh, more automated for a while. Um, the the issue that we had, the, I think the biggest discussion we had was regarding the virtual raffle tickets and how to handle those. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I had a few different ideas on how to do them, trying to still tie them into tournament kits, but then having them virtual instead of real, and then it gets all complicated. And we had ideas for things, sending confirmation codes out, and then the user would have to come and type in a specific confirmation code to prove that they actually got that ticket, and I, all sorts of complicated stuff. And I think finally we just decided, you know what, it's so much easier if we just automate the giving them out. Forget tournament kits. I, I guess at one point it was, we came back a step and said, okay, we'll automate giving them out. Just the TD will get a code when he buys a tournament kit, and he ties that code to a tournament, and therefore, and only the, the you know, the tournaments that have a tournament kit tied to them can give out raffle tickets. And mm-hmm. we said, let's just simplify everything and say raffle tickets go for every every tournament, whether there's a tournament kit there or not. And it made things a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, it was but both for the TDs and for me. Well, and I know that. A lot of players that I've talked to over the years have said, you know, I keep losing these raffle tickets, you know, oh, and exactly. I forget. And, and, and so, I mean, at one point we added the tool where you could just go in and type in the number and it would remember that you had it. Mm-hmm. And, and then even then people would, you know, they'd throw them in the bin somewhere and they'd sit and they'd forget about them. And then they'd find it like two years later. And, oh, well, exactly. I guess that, yeah. So but we also had, you know, where there was really almost no validation on you typing in the numbers. So you could start typing in whatever random number sequences you wanted, and we had no way of proving you did or didn't have that ticket. And so it got... I don't think anyone ever took advantage of that, but the opportunity was there. Yeah, so so with the new system, it's all done automatically, right? There's nothing that anybody... I mean, at least the, the generating of the raffle tickets is completely automated. There's no intervention on either the TD's part, the player's part, or our part. The CC's part. That is ninety nine percent true. Right, right, right a... now there is a small bug in the raffle tickets that you earn by purchasing a premium membership, and I have no idea what's doing it because when I run the code manually, it runs fine, and when I tell the computer to run the code for me, it buggers out and fails miserably. So. It's confusing the heck out of me, and so right now I'm still running it manually. Every couple of days, I go in and check a report, and it shows me who's bought premium memberships recently that hasn't gotten raffle tickets for them, and then I'll, it'll hand those out. So it, it still does most of the work. I just have to go and run the report every few days when I remember until I get a stupid bug nailed down. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I mean, not excellent that there's a bug there, but yeah. it, it, at least at least the players and the tournament directors aren't having to do anything there. No, no, that, that end of stuff is all completely automated. And, and really, I, I know we talked about this, you know, somewhat in the, when this came up, but I, I really want to thank you for your uh, work on this system in particular because, you know, we posted the original plan and there were a lot of concerns about the number of tickets being given out and it being very favorable to you know, the winner, and so we, we had a quick meeting and talked about, well, what if we added more tickets tied to entering your deck lists? And, yeah. like, 20, 24 hours later, you had it done. 
So yep. thank you. And that was pretty yeah, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so um um okay, so we've got what you've done where your picture from this year, you've done the raffle. Um any other projects on your plate that you're looking to do this year or are you just gonna wait and see what comes up and react to it with your usual skill and speed? Um, I don't think I have anything else major in the plans right now, but uh, I, I can tell you a little bit of a spoiler here. Um, I am hard at work writing about, well, I I guess I'm not. I should be hard at work, and hopefully this weekend will be, uh, writing about 50 extremely complicated SQL queries. Ah, uh, yes. It is that time of year. It, it is that time of year that I have to write 10, 15 line long SQL queries as a single query just to you know, figure out whether a deck meets certain criteria or a person's tournament results meet certain criteria or things like that. So that'll probably be you know, something to keep me busy for the next two or three weeks. Yep, no doubt. Um, is there anything like I, not even talking specifics? Is there like a, any wish list items for you on our website that you'd like to do or or add or change or take away? Um, I don't know. I mean, generally, when I decide I want to do something, I do it. So <laughs> I'm not I'm not good at making lists. I just cross things off them too fast. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Um. You know, if if it's something I really want to do, once the bug hits me, I, I don't rest until it's done. So, uh, I mean, I one thing I've been working on, and I think I mentioned it on last time I was on your podcast two years ago, was uh, cleaning up the TUI database. Yeah. And uh, I think I mentioned that two years ago is something that I'd want to start doing soon, and it still is, hasn't been done yet. Um, I did actually start just in the last week or two. I started cleaning up some entries, um, some of the formatting a bit, and we'll gradually continue doing that. Yeah, but, it's. Uh, I mean, it, it 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 it's old and was written a long time ago. So yeah, well, know, that's, technology has changed. Oh, exactly. But then the the issue is because it's so old and, you know, the entire site's been built around it for five years, so any little change I make, I have to go through a dozen different places to make sure, you know, if I, I change the way that it stores keywords on cards, then, you know, everywhere that refers to keywords on cards, whether it be in the achievements or the deck builder or the search engine, you know, I have to go and make sure the same change propagates through everywhere and I don't break anything, so... Yeah. Oh, the joys of programming when... Yeah, not... I mean, I... I mean, yeah, okay, so, I mean... It's 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 a pretty functional system, but it was never built to do what we're doing with it. And the fact that it does that's, is yeah. kudos. So yeah, uh. yeah, that's that's exactly it. It's, it is. It was well built as a database for cards, but we have taken it well above and beyond original purposes. Yes, and and the fact that it's held up as well as it has at all is pretty impressive. <laughs> and, and exactly, a, a tribute to to your skills. So. Um, all right, I want to just really briefly touch on uh, some some TUI design stuff because since the last time we talked, you became only the fourth person 
fifth baby, depending on how you define it. <laughs> Uh, at least only the, the well, we'll go this way. You became the third person in the CC era to lead a second edition expansion, and you oh, made you, you made tapestry. And yes. So yeah. So I guess we had Evan and Brad and Mike Gerard and then myself and then you. So you did tapestry, which was a nice little 25th anniversary TNG boutique product, and it was excellent. There's a lot of good cards in there. Um, what what made you want to do that and step up to the plate as a lead designer on, on a project like that? Um, well, I wanted to do it just because I really like PNG and I thought we should do something. I think I came to you last February or something when I realized that the anniversary was coming up and figured we should do something to, to celebrate this. It's a pretty big milestone, obviously. And uh, I, I've always been a story first designer um, I, li- I like to find a cool story and then make a card that fits it rather than finding a, a a cool gameplay that the game needs and then finding a story to fit it so something like that you know fit my design mentality where you know I wanted to go through and find the cool cards that hadn't been made yet you know Sadia Sokuna and the wharf as a big ugly beast monster thing and mm-hmm. you know the the cool images the cool moments the 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 real memorable stuff from the series that hadn't been done yet and uh try to capture it somehow so i think i i started bugging you about it said about a year ago now um and then i figured you know eh, why not try to lead it because you know you you've been trying to delegate more and do a, a little less because you were involved in so much that I think yes. you know, at, at some point somebody else has to lead besides you um, and Brad obviously but he's moved on now mostly so I figured hey why not give it a shot and see what I can do yeah and it uh, it turned out great but I want to ask you this question I have Brad always told me this and I have come to agree with him and I want to see if you agree that uh, largely a boutique type product is as much, if not more, work than a normal expansion. Would you concur or disagree with that statement, having designed one? Um, I, I would say, and I'm not sure if it was more work, but I would say it was certainly as much work. It, it wasn't easier just because there was you know, a third the cards that we're used to. Um, it certainly was not any easier than a normal expansion. Uh, I'll leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, and it, it 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 becomes like, well, we could do a boutique of 18, or we could do 54, and it's just about the same amount of work, and it requires all the yeah, same exactly. resources. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Um, I'm just really happy with Tapestry because we were able to finally print that, uh, I forget what the, new t- the final title of it was, the Q card. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'd been trying uh, I'll, to print I'll be for watching. like. It, I'll be watching maybe. I guess what uh, we're with. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, it was. Bailiff. Yeah, Mandarin Bailiff. <laughs> that, man, we, that card has been floating around for. It had been floating around for a year and a half. Yeah. Oh, it's voluntary withdrawal. That's what we called it. Oh, okay. But yeah, it, that it was, was. I'll be watching and testing. It was Mandarin yeah. Bailiff in previous sets testing, the same game decks. Yeah, well, because it, it was funny, because one of the first things you said was, I have this particular image that I want to use, and it was, you know, Q's 
ghostly head. Yeah, he's giant. like, I have the perfect card for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was like the first card in the set, and it pretty much went through the whole time. I was so yeah, happy. Yeah, I don't that think it, it got. got print. I don't think it got t- touched in testing because it had already been through at least once, maybe twice, through testing with other expansions before. So it had been well and ironed out before I got my hands on it. Um, I just said, you know, I want to make a, a card of big giant head, and uh, and so yeah, it, it went straight through and got the picture stuck on it, and yeah, it worked well. It was excellent. All right. Um, at this point, I am going to uh, ask you to review a card with us because yep. it's fun, and uh, it. You wrote the random card feature, <laughs> and, and although it was being uncooperative and spitting up, you know, random facilities for a while, uh, I found a random card that's interesting. And, and you've you've been a longtime player and have played first and second edition, so we have a first edition card here. Right. Uh, it's from the Mirror Mirror expansion, and it it messes with one of my personally favorite decks of all time, and we're talking about Commander Charbonek. So she she is the she's the neutral zone. She fixes PNZ at yeah that's X equals three, and I'll send you a. a Oh, I got it. All right. So she she came later in the game's history, but as I remember, and I wasn't playing a lot at the time, the PNZ decks were pretty common and pretty good. Oh yeah. And Uh, so I think she was an answer for that. So let's. Do you have any? Stories about this card or or PNZ or any thoughts on her uh, deck? <laughs> I don't think I've ever played with her. Well, right now, there's only two people that have played with her in the last six months. Yeah, I guess she's not that popular anymore. But I I, I don't believe I have ever played with her. But I have certainly played against her. Um, I, I remember back in the day before Mirror Mirror came out, um, PNZ was definitely big and. Um, I I remember one tournament I went to. Both myself and my opponent in one game were playing PNZ decks, so every mission was worth 120 points. Nice for a single mission on the board, because maybe, maybe it was only 100, because we probably duplicated a couple planets. Um, but it, it was enough that it was irrelevant, basically. It was just a race to see who could destroy the other ship and solve a mission first. Yeah. Um, so it made for a hilarious game of just... Because we all, both had all the tricks to try to get rid of people's ships, put them out of phase, blow them up, whatever, whatever you had to do. And since the entire space line was one region, you, know, you couldn't even wormhole them out of the region or anything. It was just got to blow it up or put it out of phase or yeah just to to try to solve that one mission so uh yeah pnc when you say it was a little powerful it was that definitely made for some interesting tournaments um whether it was too powerful or not, i don't know but she certainly put the smack down on it yeah she's tough to use though cuz she's she's got she's not you know you can't download her on the first turn See, there's no real quick way to get her out. I mean, I uh, I don't even think there's a Romulan ship, a unique Romulan ship that downloads um, a un- a universal OS person. Uh, there's a, I mean, there's the battle cruiser that she commands that it downloads a universal, yeah. but that doesn't grab yeah. her. So you've got to either stock it or draw into it, assuming yeah. that you're using 
Sherman's Peak to play her for free at all. You know, it, it, she's she's a cow, she's a good bullet, but she's she's yeah. I mean, she's tough to uh, get I, in the play. I, you know? I think I remember after she came out at one point. A little while later, I tried to run my PNZ deck again just to see if I could um, see if the meta had adjusted and that she was being left out again. And sure enough, somebody had tented her in the first turn. Um, managed to, to grab her from a tent and get her in play pretty fast. So yeah, that that was that it that that was it for me that game. But. Uh, yeah, powerful strategies get powerful counters. Clearly, yep. I mean, especially in first edition. So yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, that's the way first edition runs. Yeah. So, um, I got one more question for you. Yep. You are one of the the people who's who've seen the entirety of Matter of Time since, since this is the the first podcast I've recorded <laughs> since we've announced Matter of Time. Yep. Uh, so all the, all the previous ones have been filled with vague talk about I don't know when this expansion is coming out blah blah blah. Uh, what what are your what's got you excited from that expansion? What's got me excited? Um, well, maybe I, nothing. I, I, I like the the relativity crew. Um, I'm I can never keep straight which is which, but I'm one of those gamers that likes cards that do cool things, whether they win or not. Um, Timmy. Okay, I'm a Timmy then. Yep. Uh, so, I, I like the Relativity Crew. I I am a little wary, as most people are, that someone's going to try to break it, but and I'm sure lots of people will try to break it. Uh, hopefully nobody can. I think the way it's designed is pretty strong that I, I don't think it's going to be as easy to break as some people think. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but I, I think it's definitely a fun, fun aff- affiliation to play. Um, I've actually was just thinking, um, in the last week or so since the, the article went up and stuff about relativity, um, trying to decide if I should add them as, as their own affiliation, um, or if they're just going to be tacked on with Voyager as far as the affiliation headquarters and deck builder and everything is concerned. I haven't come to a conclusion about that yet. They've just been sort of tossing the idea around. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there are people who want who want Equinox to be different than Voyager, which well, I, I yeah. sort of see, but that's that's a lot. It's very difficult. But this one is it's different enough that I could see it, but I also don't know if we need to, you know, demarcate it like that. I think a lot of people are going to run Relativity and Voyager. Yes. I'm so, sure. if that as long as that remains the predominant case, there's really no difference in separating them. Yeah. I I I do have that, you know, one one of the things that was my goal from matter of time was to to step myself out of my little safe bubble mm-hmm. and and take some more risks. Not 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 super risky risks, but make some stronger cards cuz cuz the criticism of the last three or four expansions were these are very safe tier two tier one and a half cards that don't shake up things or don't do crazy stuff and I think that's fair because yeah. you know, that, that was sort of my goal in tapestry as well is because I have the same problem I know that I tend to go a little on, err a little on the weak side so I uh, I did the same thing where I put in a bunch of cards a lot stronger than I would normally think to make them and uh, at least at the beginning of playtesting when 
for version A, all the playtesters think thought I'd gone mad. But you know, <laughs> I think that's typical. I mean, yeah, I, think, I think if if you, if you put an expansion up and there's not a lot of playtesters crying that you've lost your mind, you're not doing your job. But, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, it's. Um, I'm looking forward to the relativity. I think it has built-in limitations that counter most of the uh, really bad stuff that you could do with it. Uh, yep. And and now that Cal Hudson's been eroded, I think he was probably the card that would have led to the most yes. stupid shenanigans. You know, yes. just just temple transporters, Cal Hudson on, give all your people monkey, do a bunch of bad things, and and then just keep that going. But yeah, uh, yeah. you know, events are made to be blown up. So if you're leaning on the, the plays, the thing, uh, it might backfire on you, and and you can't get when you play abilities off. Anybody you use temple transporters with, so exactly. I, I, I and the testers were testing it for a long time and found a lot of problems that we were able to address. So I'm I'm hopeful yep. that it ends up fun and not the centerpiece of some horribly broken deck. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Cool. Well, thanks for being on the show. Do you have any questions for me or anything that you want to chat about? Uh, no, I think so. Like All we, right, we chat often enough. Then, <laughs> yeah, we do, we do. Um, again, I really, you know, several people in the chat room said this, and and it's been said many times. But thank you for everything that you do for us, this community, and this website, and this organization. Because we wouldn't be anywhere near where we are without your time and attention and your skill. So thank you yeah, for it. No problem. I enjoy it. All right. Well, uh, thanks for being on the show, and we will chat again in the future. It was raining in the city by the bay, a hard rain, hard enough to wash the slime. Data. Sorry, sir. Are you enthusiastic about playing and promoting the Star Trek CCG? Then join the Continuing Committee's Ambassador Program. Let me talk to them. I'm sure I'm more articulate than that. Send an email to flrazor at me.com or send a PM to flrazor on the message boards. Luaf's on a choice. The daughter of the fifth house, holder of the sacred chalice of rings, heir of the holy rings of Medezad. We're always looking for new people to join the group. We're especially looking for new ambassadors in the South Central United States. Full ambassadorial status. Looks like it's back in that dress uniform. So send a message off to us today. Live long and prosper.